We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I am your host, Nick Deus at The Lamb Show is where you can find me on all social media outlets. Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show on all social media outlets as well. BlueWirePods.com is where you can find all stuff Blue Wire. A couple of cool shows on there as well. Shout out to them for the platform that they've given us. I have a really fun episode planned and I have a very, very big discussion that's going to come up in a couple of seconds but i want to mention the tail end of the show middle of the show g martini those of you might know him from the twitch community he has been a loyal listener of the show for many many years back you know fun fact some of you guys might not realize but for those of you that are super interactive on twitter and social media towards vm whether it was in the past whether it's now whether it's in the future eventually your name becomes familiar 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 <laughs> i'm not drunk i swear uh, i actually just took pre-workout maybe that's why i have the jitters brother and i'm heading over to the gym in a couple of, because we got 32 days until the 305 but let's not digress some of your names become familiar with the show right and we sort of build relationships with certain people right not going to mention any names so you don't get smoke blown up your assholes maldo man but you guys become cool with us, right? In a weird way. And I know it's always weird to kind of say that because there's a lot of people that obviously I haven't met, but like I'm cool with. 
like my buddy Nick Zav, who if you guys haven't checked out that podcast a couple of weeks ago, he was on a Monday show and it was the first time that me and him have met. And we've been like Twitter homies for about a decade now. And that's not as weird as like with fans because like he grew up with my buddy Ralph, who's one of my really close friends and my buddy Alan, who I do this show with on Thursdays. So like we were friends by association and he knew Joe, he knew my buddy Eric, he knew all the prep kids. So we knew each other through association, but we never met. Right. And like with G, he won the Patreon contest of November and there's always fun prizes going out. The winner of the December contest is going to get a skateboard, a custom VM skateboard deck, which would be a dope gift for someone. Uh, sick setup in the man cave. I'm actually upset that I'm going to have to give that away. Uh, might have to buy it off the winner. Who knows? I, I don't want to give it away. It's in a nice spot in my room. But G won that contest and he's coming on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, do a first quarter recap. And also... I gave him the luxury of picking a topic he wanted to discuss on the show. And without giving away too much, he's a Raptors fan. We kind of talk about the Raptors and we have a really fun discussion. Also talk about Drake and like his impact to the city of Toronto, which was pretty cool to get that perspective. I always like talking to people who are from a city of a team, right? Because like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Like if you're a Broncos fan, you probably know the Broncos better than I do because you follow them, right? Like I always say, if you could be honest about your team, you can bring a lot to the table, right? You can win a lot of money also if you could be subjective with your team or objective. I'm, I always get those confused. But regardless, you know what I'm saying. And there are a lot of times where I've reached out to someone and I'm like, hey, man, you're you know, you're a Sacramento Kings fan. Like, yo, tell me a little bit about the Kings. Like, I feel like when I watch Buddy Heald, I feel like, A, and he'll tell me, or she'll tell me, no, it's actually B. You're, you're wrong. But I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, it's, it's a lot to cover when you're in sports media. So there are a couple of people that I trust, like my buddy Dylan. You know, I, I, I rarely or ever talk hockey on here, but... If I do talk hockey, one, I'll have him on the show, or two, I'll be like, hey, man, look, I feel like this is happening, and he'll tell me, or I'll be like, yo, tell me a little bit something about what's happening in hockey, or tell me a little bit about what's happening in the MLB, and that's happened with the fans, and with G, it was a really cool perspective to talk about the Toronto Raptors and them winning a championship last year, but I have a really, really important talking point. I am pounding my fist Though it might sound like another inappropriate act, that is my fist being pounded because I want you guys to chime in. And I also want to bring this towards the Thursday show because I think it is time for the NFL to officially. There is no league in all of professional sports that adapts and makes drastic changes on the fly than the NFL. And we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it in the past, whether it was the Des Bryant catch rule, or it was an overtime ruling that is being changed, or it is pass interference being a challengeable offense, PATs being moved back to bring excitement to the game, getting rid of kickoffs because of CTE, hitting the quarterback because Tom Brady blew out his ACL because he got hit low. So now if you hit a quarterback low, it's an automatic basically an ejection kind of right it's a fine it's a 15 yard penalty it's a warning it's a lot of shit right 
And then now it's become to the point where, like, if you even, you know, you, you tap a quarterback, 15-yard penalty possibly ejected. You can't headhunt. The NFL makes changes midseason. That's why you see a lot of penalties. That's why you see a lot of stoppages in games because referees need to make this adjustment as well. And I've mentioned this time and time again. These NFL referees are not full-timers. They are part-timers, and that's why you have the issues with officiating as well. So what I'm trying to say now is that I think it's time for the NFL to change its playoff format because watching Week 15, it is shaping up to... We got the Cowboys at seven and seven. We got the Eagles at seven and seven. They're going to be the four seed in the NFC playoffs. They're going to host a playoff game against potentially a twelve win team in either San Francisco or Seattle, who play each other on the last game of the regular season for the division and the one seed. And I think it's a joke, and we've seen it time and time again, where. In the playoffs, a team gets fucked over because they won their division and they have a worse record than you. But since they won their division, you have to go on the road to them. Let's just go back. I have a couple of different occasions where that's happened. Eight and eight AFC West champion Chargers beat the 12 and four Colts after the 2018 season. Marshawn Lynch used his famous beast mode run. To power the seven and nine NFC West champion Seahawks past the eleven and five Saints after 2010, the seven eight and one NFC South champion Panthers defeated the eleven and five Cardinals, which at the time I think they started like that was that wacky Cardinals year where the Cardinals started like uh, the f- a four string quarterback. I want to say it was Ryan Finley or Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley, I think it was. I'm going to have to fact check that, but I think so. And then, you know, just a couple of years ago, the the, the Raiders were 12-4, and four and they had to go into Houston to play a 9-7 and seven AFC South champion. And then the Giants lost a road playoff game as an 11-5 team in 2016 because they played the Packers, who were 10-6. and six. Last year, the Chiefs and the Chargers, they both had... A 12 and 4 record. The Chargers were the best team in their conference, record wise. But because they were in the same division with the Chiefs, they had to go on the road. Sure, they beat Baltimore, but then they had to go on the road into Foxborough and then they got analed. So I don't think that's right. You've also seen it in the past too, where it's just something where it just I don't I don't I don't know if it's fair, but then you might say, Hey Lamb, look, you should be rewarded for winning your division. You should be able to host a playoff game. And it's like, yo, I feel you, but shouldn't the reward for winning a division be that you're going to be a playoff team? Because that's the big change that I would make, guys. You take the six you take the six best records in football and you make the playoffs in your conference. But, but your division, if you win your division, you're in the playoffs. I think that's the best way to do it. And I think it's the fairest way to do it. Because if you look at it, the best case scenario for this thing, you look at the AFC, right? Ravens twelve and two, Patriots eleven and three right now. You got the Chiefs at ten and four. You got the Bills at ten and four. You got Houston at nine and five. 
and you got the Steelers at eight and six. Those are your six current at the time of recording playoff teams. But you're gonna have a case where the Bills can potentially get to twelve and four and be the wild card and have to go into Houston, who might be ten and six, or into Tennessee, who might be ten and six. Right? Where I think if I was the NFL, what I would do is in this example right here, Baltimore, you're the one seed because you have 12 wins, right? Not up for debate. Patriots, you're the two seed. You're 11 and three. Kansas City, you won your division. You're 10 and four, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if Kansas City played Buffalo, but Buffalo, you're 10 and four. You're the four seed, Buffalo. Congratulations. You're the fourth best team in your conference. Texans, you won your division. Fine. Your reward for winning your division is you're a playoff team. You're the five seed. Sorry. Sorry. That's your reward for winning your division. You make the playoffs. And then Pittsburgh, you're eight and six. You're the last wild card team because of just what the record is. That's how I would do it if I was the NFL. Now let's let's look at the NFC where things are a little more wacky and this is a stronger debate here. The top six seeds at the moment in the NFC, Seahawks, Packers, Niners, all 11 and three. Saints, remember, we're recording this around 5 p.m. Eastern time. Monday Night Football has not been played. They're a 10-point favorite over, over the Colts, right? So we got Seahawks, Packers, Niners, one, two, three. They're all 11 and three. You got the Saints at 10 and three. You got the Vikings at 10 and four. Then you got the Rams at eight and six. Those are your six best records in the NFC. Then you have the Cowboys and the Eagles at seven and seven. What I would do, and what I think is the fairest thing possible, is sorry, Rams, you're asked out. Cowboys, Eagles, whoever wins that division, you're the sixth seed. And then you have it the same exact format. You reward the Seahawks and the Packers in this scenario. You're the top two seeds. You get a bye. And then Niners, Saints, you guys have the two best records available because you're not a bye week team. You're going to host a playoff game against the Rams and, sorry, against the Vikings, excuse me, against the Vikings and the Cowboys. And that's that. That's the fairest way possible to change it. And I think we might have a case in the NFL where we're going to need to revisit this and we're going to need to discuss this again because I don't think it's right. Your reward for winning your division is you're going to be a playoff team. It shouldn't be that you host a playoff game at home. It just shouldn't be. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. And I know what you might be saying. If there was ever a time to have this debate and be against against it, uh, uh, not be not being in favor of this or saying that, you know what, does home field even matter, right? Week 15, road team, nine and six against the spread, all nine road teams won in this scenario. On the season, the road team against the spread, 125, 93, and five. Home favorites are 57, 81, and five against the spread. Road teams are winning, right? But... I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to have this scenario, right? Let's let's take a look at 2011, right? I know we're going back a little bit, but this is some of the research that I did because I feel very passionate about this. And look, I might be wrong because I was also very passionate on pass interference being a challengeable offense, but I hate it now because 
there's just way too many of them. And I, I think it's like under 10% of the changes have been made uh, overturns on that play. But look at 2000, 2011. Based, if the seeding was based on record, like we are presenting right now, the AFC would have looked like this. Patriots 13 and 3, Ravens 12 and 4, Steelers 12 and 4, Texans 10 and 6, Bengals 10 and 6, Denver 8 and 8. Do you know why that year is significant? That was the Tim Tebow year. What ended up happening? Steelers, wild card. They have to go into Denver. What's up? Slant route, 80-something thousand yards to Demarius Thomas. Pittsburgh gets asked out. Pittsburgh was probably the second best team in the AFC that year. Let's take a look at this. NFC side. Packers, 15-1. Niners, 13-3. Saints, 13-3. Falcons, 10-6. Lions, 10-6. The New York football Giants, 9-7. The Giants hosted the Falcons at 10 and 6. They beat Atlanta and then they went on to win the Super Bowl. So you should be rewarded for winning your division. That reward is you get to be in the playoffs guaranteed. You go 5 and 11 and you win your division, you're in the playoffs. But just because you won the division at 5 and 11, that's an extreme. But just because. You're the Seahawks and you win your division at seven and nine. Or you're the Panthers at seven, eight, and one. You win your division. You shouldn't have a 12 win team come into your building. No. Your reward is you made the playoffs because you won your division. But we go based off seeding. I feel very passionate about this. I spent a lot of time on this. Let me know at Veterans Minimum. Uh, best response, I'll send some merch. How's that? I want to I, I want to get this topic. I want to get some, some attention to this topic because I, I feel very outspoken to this. I, I think it's something that we need to discuss. And look, it's probably been mentioned in the past, but I think this is the most, it's the most logical and optimal way of doing this. If you're the NFL and you're a league who makes a lot of changes and adapts to what issues are quicker and more efficient, Hmm. efficient might be the wrong word but you make changes on the fly more than any other league in the history of athletics so there's that uh let's take a break for a sponsor and then we'll check back in with g martini and some nba talk here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money Guys, you know how much I love beer and IPAs. So when we found out about Taver, I was all in. Taver helps turn your fridge into the best craft beer bar around. You get access to the most sought out beers from over 47 states all in one place. Two to three times a day, they feature a new hard to find craft beer via the free app. Only get what you want. You have total control. This isn't a beer of the month club. It's a holy shit. Watch me experience every brew pub there is in the world community. You decide what you want. They deliver it to you for a flat rate regardless of how much you buy. Free to sign up and so much fun to drink. There is no obligations to purchase anything and shipping is only $14.90 no matter how many bottles or cans are in your crate. If you guys go to the app, enter the promo code VETERAN, V E T E. R-A-N, you will get $10 in cold, hard beer cash to use on the app after you spend $25. Again, free to sign up. There is no obligation to purchase. Download the app and enter the code 
better in to get ten dollars. <laughs> All right, joining us now, uh, his first ever appearance, uh, an earned appearance on the VM Airways. This guy, I've known this guy for a while now, which is weird, man, because like, one, we've never met, but it's just the power, the power of the internet, and you get to learn and find out about some really dope people. And my guy G Martini, for those of you that are down with the Twitch streams, you know exactly who it is, Gianluca. Martini G, what is going on, man? What's good? Thanks for having me. Nah, no problem, man. Thank you for number one. You're 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 an OG. I, I've recognized your name for many many years now. Number two, you're a Patreon member, cheap plug. And number three, the reason why you're even on here is because you won our November contest, which one of the prizes was. Uh, not only was it the, the the shirt and hat bundle, once you get that stuff, I'm going to post it on social media. Just, you know, we've been hit with like a crazy, just, uh, I mean, you're, you're from Canada, right? Where in Canada are you from again? Toronto. Toronto, baby. The T-Dot. Oh, man, That's love sick. it. I am, I am a big fan of Toronto. Uh, as you know, I always shout out this show whenever I can. Toronto and Buffalo. And Miami, I gotta say, for many other reasons, are probably my my favorite places. Uh, surprisingly, yeah. Well, I've never I've never really been to Miami, so I gotta head down there for for whatever reason, just to go. I heard it's very nice. Yeah, for man. More than one reason. Yeah, listen, uh, you can't complain about a place that is what seventy degrees all year round, and I know you, uh, up in Toronto you have those harsh it's winters. It's cold as well. right now. Yeah, man. So. So G won the November Patreon contest. There's a contest right now for December. If you guys are in the ten dollar tier or higher, there's some dope prizes monthly, and I'm adding some more stuff for the new year. You know, it's redesign, rebuild, and reclaim kind of thing. Shout out to Seth Rollins for all you wrestling marks. But yeah, man, G, tell tell the people a little bit about you, man. This is uh this is your debut. Uh, how how what's like your thing? What sports are you into? Like, just talk to me. I'm into like everything. I watch football, religiously, basketball, hockey, soccer, obviously. The Champions League draw was today, which is interesting. Mm, uh, USC. What, what uh what what stood out to you, man, with the Champions League uh, draw? What, Champions League? Yeah. Um it seems like Liverpool kinda got nice a little bit. But, you know, there's um, Real Madrid was got tough. Oh no, Liverpool got. Or am I? I got I got it in front of me right now, and uh, you know, just like as you know, whenever I do a show or I do any kind of interview, it always might spiral out of control, and we didn't prepare for this Champions League talk, but it kind of just popped me when you mentioned it. So Real Madrid got Man City. <sighs> Yeah, Atletico yeah, got Liverpool. Liverpool. Got Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Sorry, it was not Liverpool didn't get niced. Yeah, the Juventus uh, got niced with Lyon. I think they got a nice draw. Right. Seems like Paris got Dortmund. City got Real Madrid. Even Barca got Napoli. Who just you know they just fired their coach. Are still pretty good. Yeah, and I gotta I gotta mention the the great American hero, uh, make soccer in America great again. No ties to anything else, folks. Uh, Christian Pulisic and Chelsea are playing Bayern, which uh, you know Bayern is 
Alfonso, Alfonso Davies is on Bayern. Shout out to Canada. Oh yeah, that's your guy. You always you always tell me about how he's better than Polisi. So that that should be that should be a fun one. Because uh, he is. Oh hey, easy there, easy there. Before I end this entire program right now. Yo, so uh, what else? Um, obviously, like uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is just like the Raptors, right, and the championship run, and what was that like? But how long have you been a Raptors fan? Was it like a lifer kind of thing? Yeah, since I was born, basically born into it. They they just they were uh, created three years before I was born, so they were fresh, and then they're the hometown team. Man, I you know I. I don't know if I'm biased or not, but I just just the way if you're a sports fan, you see how the Knicks are covered. I think the Knicks, if they were to win a championship, would be the single most biggest sporting news headline besides like the Cubs winning a championship. Only because the, the Knicks, it's it's the Mecca of basketball is New York, and just they've been so incompetent as a franchise for so so many years, and. New York basketball, people are just starving for the Knicks to be good. And I don't know what I would do if the Knicks would win a championship. Like, I think it would be the second most, uh, you know, outside of the Giants, and I've seen them. So, like, sure, don't get me wrong. I would pick the Giants to always win, but that's just me because they're my actual favorite team. But, man, the Knicks would be, like, second up there, you know? Yeah, but I don't think that will happen until someone sells the team. Yeah, someone definitely needs to sell the team. Uh, I'm happy that you even know that uh, being up from Toronto, but we do have we do have a Canadian now, so hopefully he can help weather the storm and RJ Barrett. But yo, G, let me ask you a question, man. What was that? And you have Ignis. Ignis is yeah, Canadian but like he's he, I I liked him in summer league, but he's not really getting much playing time still. So it's it's yeah. just that the rotations are just completely discombobulated but hey mike miller not the mike miller but mike miller is i think he's doing all right should be interesting but dude so the raptors go on this wild championship run right and this was the one thing you really wanted to talk about as the winner of the patreon contest you got to pick the topic and you wanted to talk about the raptors championship run and like what that was like and i thought it was really really cool because i kind of jumped on the raptors bandwagon towards uh all-star breaking on i thought that they were the best team in the east and a lot of people were telling me about the sixers and whatnot and i had my concerns due to injuries and all that and you know i i just remember i remember doing the breakdown for uh degeneration bets when impy and i would do the nba win totals podcast with marco and my buddy danny who i do dfs with i literally had in my notes about the raptors it was like all right what Kawhi are we getting and then Nick Nurse, is he a legitimate coach or not? And it's like all those questions were yeah. answered. And yeah. man, what tell tell me what that season was like. When did you when did you realize that yo, this team actually might win a championship? Uh, when did I realize? I don't know. Because this entire season from the moment we got Kawhi to even the finals was up and down the everyone was they were on the Raptors and they were off the Raptors. There was pros, cons. Like the Philly series was the most up and down I've ever seen Raptors fans. When they, because they won game one convincingly, they lost two in a row and they got destroyed game three. So then Joel Embiid bought out the airplane and everyone was like, oh, same old Raptors. They can only a regular season team. So 
I don't really think I ever knew just because not like a conspiracy, but like I that's like would the NBA allow this ha- to happen? Would the NBA allow the Raptors, the only team from Canada, to win a championship? That was always that was also uh, one of those the the myths of um, sports leagues, right? Like I never I never bought into that because it would always be like, well, you know, they're gonna fix it so the Cowboys can go to the Super Bowl, or or they're gonna fix it because they want the Lakers and the Celtics, and it's like, you know, I think all that stuff has just completely changed. Um, it wasn't that long; I think it was five years ago where the top ten NBA jerseys. As far as like sales go and popularity, I think there were none from New York. There was one from LA and it was still like Kobe. And then there was Kobe's name. Right. And there was nothing from Miami and Chicago. And it's like those are the biggest markets. And, And there was nothing from Dallas. You know, so like the number one seller was, you know, it was Blake Griffin. Sure, it's L.A., but that's the Clippers. You know, that's like being the highest selling jersey for the Mets. Like, you're never going to be the Yankees. You're never going to be the Lakers. Um, You had Oklahoma City Thunder had two guys. You had Golden State had a couple guys. You had Cleveland, San Antonio. So I don't believe in that stuff. But, you know, people were concerned that the ratings would be down for the NBA in the finals because it was a Canadian team. And you can't get that market. But I just think the NBA is such a global powerhouse. And... You did have a dynasty in Golden State, and dynasties are good for sports, whether you agree with it or not. People want them yeah, to be torn down. Everyone wants to take, be the team to take down the dynasty. Exactly, exactly. So, man, you mentioned the 76ers series, and what were your emotions like on that shot? And obviously, you know what shot I'm talking about. Yeah, obviously. Everyone in Toronto knows where they were exactly. When that shot happened, I can tell you right now, I was at my aunt's house. I don't know why we were there, but we were there. And in my head, I was like, yeah, all right, this game's going to overtime. Let me get prepared for overtime. And then Kawhi just takes the ball, runs around the entire key, puts up a Hail Mary type three, or not three, sorry, long two, and just bounces four, five times. And that was, I've never, I don't think I've yelled that loud, not at a game. Like, not, because when you're at the game, the emotions are high, you're around people who are also emotional. But I've never been that excited for a shot in my I mean, yeah, dude, that was, I... It's weird because the one iconic shot that I remember in the NBA where I'm like, yo, I remember exactly where I was, what I was. You always would hear like your parents and older, the older crowd be like, oh, I remember when this guy hit that home run. Or I remember uh, when this guy yeah. had that catch, you know, like the Dwight Clark catch, San Francisco and oh, Dallas and like the 80s. Yeah, my and dad's shit. a Niners fan. He knows exactly where he was. All right. Wow. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. It's just that it, I was just thinking because I'm looking at like potential playoff matchups down the road and it's like we, we might get Niners Cowboys like in the division and in, in the wild card round. But anyway, I don't want to jump too far ahead. But dude, for me, and it's weird because again, I have no ties to the city of Miami besides being just a fan of it. But 
I remember exactly what I was doing, where I was at, and what time it was, obviously, because it was a night game. So maybe scratch that last part. But I remember what I was doing, why I was doing it, and where I was when Ray Allen hit that shot against the Spurs. Oh, when Bosh got the rebound and just kicked it out. Yes, dude. I was at. I remember that. I was at the gym because I was leaving for Miami the next day, my first time ever going to Miami. And sorry, it was the second time I was ever going to Miami. And we had booked a trip in advance. And we're like, yo, it'd be pretty sick if we go to South Beach. And they're in the finals. But then we're like, yo, you know what? They might sweep the Spurs or some shit. And who knows what was going to happen. Because they were they were a relatively... I don't remember exactly if they were the favorite. But I want to say they were. But it was just one of those things where it was like, man, that would be so cool too. Because I never got to experience a, a city winning a championship where I wasn't from that city. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, to be in Miami when they won that, dude, I remember going to this place called the Clevelander. If you guys ever been to South Beach, it's, like, one of the more, like, touristy bars, I guess you could say. All my friends, G, that live down in uh, Miami, they're always like, yeah, man, don't go to the Clevelander. That's super, like, tourist ratchetness over there. Like, no one from Miami goes to the Clevelander kind of thing. But I'm sure there's places like that in Toronto where you're like, ah, yeah, you go to, you go over there because you're a tourist. There's a lot of places in Toronto like that. Downtown is filled with tourists. Like you can tell who's tourist. You can tell if you're from if you are from Toronto just the way they say the name of the city. Like no one in really in Toronto says the second T. So like if you can hear it, I say Toronto, not Toronto. Like that's mm-hmm. just how we tell. Okay, so I gotta I gotta pretend when I go up there and to not say that second T so I can fit in. That's what you're telling me. All right, good to know. Well, good if you to wanna know. pretend like you're from here, man, I I dude, I'm not even kidding. I I think that would be my number one place I would want to move to. Like, you know, obviously Vegas when I was younger. Like, yeah, I'll be a professional poker player and shit like that. And like, I love gambling, but I don't know if that's sustainable. I think it would be able to because, like, my head's on straight now as opposed to, like, when I was 20, 21 years old. Uh, I told this story to my buddies over the weekend, and they couldn't believe it because UFC ran an ad for Poker Stars. And Poker Stars was an online poker website way back in the day. And uh, I had a couple of thousand dollars on there, like a, a significant amount. And then it got shut down on on uh, Black Monday which was when the feds came in and they kind of just shut down online poker and um, very hard to recover when you're 20 years old and you have way more money than you expected to have at that age. Actually, no, I was like 19, 20, dude. And uh, feds came in and they shut it down. And um, that, lost all that money. Yeah, yeah. But that, that just goes into like, you know, Vegas, like that would be a pipe dream, but more for like dumb shit. But like Toronto, I would love to live there. Like you guys have health, free yeah. healthcare and shit in Canada. Like it's crazy. Like I'm paying insurance every month and it's just madness out of control. <laughs> so dude, go, go, but you know, before I digress, you know, being in Miami, I remember I was at the gym, late night workout, we were leaving in the morning and then like game seven, we're in South Beach and it was just like. You know, people are storming the streets and all that. There's pots and pans. People are dancing and throwing shit around. And that was just really cool, man. So I can relate to you, which is weird because, like, I'm not a Heat fan. But I can relate to what, what you mean. And that was the first time in my life where 
you know, the Giants won two Super Bowls, and I was at those two Super Bowls. So, like, obviously, I remember being there. But, like, as far as, like, yeah, yeah, I went to, uh, I've been to 10 Super Bowls. Yeah, I've, uh, I think I've said it in the past how uh, I used to get tickets when I was younger from people in the NFL that used to work in the building I was at. I used to work at the, well, well, my dad is still there where we have our actual, like, family business. It used to be the NFL offices. So I had a couple of, uh. I had a couple of tabs on people, so it was it was wow. cool. But yeah, man, with the with the heat, I just I just dude, I remember that shot, man. It was just so crazy, and I couldn't believe it. And I was just texting all my boys, I'm like, "Yo, we were more excited that we're gonna be in South Beach for a game because you know, like the Heat were down. That was Game Six. Like the yeah, Heat were the the series was gonna be over. We were gonna go to Miami, and we didn't know what the vibe of the city was gonna be like. We yeah. didn't know what the environment was gonna be. So that was really really cool, man. So. What were your what were your feelings like when you know you guys go up three one and you're like, damn, is this shit really gonna happen? Up three one was that was three one was like, yo, this could actually happen. This is very attainable. This is um it's like, yo, this is the first time we're ever, we ever in the finals ever. And it's like, we could actually do this. One, like, this trade Masai Ujiri pulled off is going to work. He did he did what he could for the city and for the team, and he, he got did did enough to for us to win this championship. Yeah, that trade, man, you do that trade every day. Uh, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but giving your chance, giving yeah. your team a chance to win like that. And were you a DeRozan guy? Yeah, I loved people like when everyone wants to talk about the greatest Raptors of all time. And they, in my opinion, the top two are still Vince Carter and Demar Derozan, but for two completely different reasons. I think Carter did more for basketball in Toronto and for the city and basketball in Canada, I think DeRozan did more for this team. It's because if there's no DeRozan, Lowry probably doesn't stay. There's no DeRozan, there's no Sergi Baca. And ultimately, there's no DeRozan, there's no Kawhi Leonard or Danny Green. So it's all thanks to DeRozan, I guess. Because if he doesn't stay, I don't think anyone else does how how big is because i always would joke around and shit when i would talk about the raptors and say like yo drake drake has really been such a key to their success has he like what's the drake impact like on toronto like do you Go ahead. Like for the team? Yeah, like for the team, for the players. This, like, you know, the dude. It wasn't too long ago where like no one really cared about Toronto, like from a global standpoint, right? And then, you know, you get the music boom, you get the weekend, you get Drake, you get Justin Bieber, correct? Yeah. And it's like they're all like repping Toronto super hard, and then before you know it, like the Raptors are a competitive team. Like you mentioned, they had DeRozan, they had. They had Kyle Lowry. They, you know, they had the nostalgia of, of Vince Carter and the dunk contest. Like that's how I remember the Raptors. It was two things growing up when I remember the Raptors. It's like they had Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady for about twenty minutes, 
and they had the best <laughs> they had the best jerseys in the NBA. Like that's how I remember the Raptors. And then before yeah, you know it, it's like jersey. it's like yo, they're winning fifty games a year pretty much, and they're a competitive team. And unfortunately, they're running into LeBron, which you know, like mad people ran into LeBron, and they just got stuffed. So. What's what's the Drake factor like in Toronto for the Raptors? He's our ambassador. He's has his name on not his name, so he has OVO on a practice arena. A pra, the practice jerseys are OVO. He's an ambassador. He's like the face now, not like the face of the team, but like he helps promote everything. He's there at the games. He brings energy. Team high five in the players. I think they like having him there. Like him and. Uh, Kyle Lowry were boys. Him and DeRozan were boys. Like they, he's just good energy, and he brings. Well, everyone knows Drake. Everyone in the world knows Drake. So he brings the Raptors around the world, basically. Wherever he goes, repping the Raptors. Everyone sees him on TV, the nationally televised games. You see Drake on the sideline. Team, team It could be legit. And they're winning fifty plus games, so just add that in with uh, with Drake, you know, get a lot of fans that way. Because everyone, how everyone knows Drake. Man, that's a good ass point. I didn't think about how like they're he's such a global megastar. Where if they follow him on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, and they see him at the Raptor game, like people are just our species is just naturally curious. You know, like people like to know. Why is that person there with that person? Like, what's their level of interest in this thing? You know, like, I'll see some, like, super hot chick wearing a wrestling shirt. I'm like, oh, follow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, weird, weird things like that. But I'm also I'm also a, a, a weird fella. But, yeah, man, that's interesting. I never, I, I've always wanted to ask someone from Toronto what the, the level of Drake's fandom and Drake's impact is on that city when it comes to the Raptors. So I'm glad you were able to bring some clarity over there to that subject. Yeah, like he has 62 million followers and he posts pictures of him at the game. People get interested. There's pictures of him uh, in the in the back of the arena with, all, with some of the players and stuff. So, And he has his own rings. All right, man. Let's get into this quick little topic. Everyone's roughly played about, uh, what is it, 24? 20, yeah. Everyone's played about 25 to 30 games in the NBA, so I guess this could be like a first quarter recap, a little bit more than a first quarter recap. And, uh, man, what what has stood out to you so far, G, from what you've what you've seen in the NBA? Well, the one thing is how important home court is going to be. So if you look at a team like the Sixers, who are undefeated at home, but they're 6-8 and eight on the road. So they're probably gunning for that number one seed, so they don't have to. So they can always have home court. If you're gonna be six and eight on the road, you're not gonna want to go into Milwaukee four games out of seven in the playoffs. Or even a team like uh, the Jazz, who are the sixth seed right now, but they're ten and three at home. But again, five and eight on the road is pushing them down to a six seed. Home court is going to be very important in the playoffs for a team like the Jazz and the Sixers who play so well at home but can't seem to figure it out on the road. Man, that's uh, – you're right. I'm looking at the home records for some of these teams, and it's it's incredible, right? Like 
Clippers 13 and 1, Lakers 10 and 2, Nuggets 11 and 3, Jazz 10 and 3. Then you look at the East and you got 13 and 1 Milwaukee, 11 and 1 Miami, Sixers undefeated like you said, 10 and 1 Boston, Toronto 10 and 3, Pacers surprisingly 11 and 3. And then majority of their losses are on the road and yeah. Yeah, that's great. Wow. I just realized Milwaukee's on an 18-game win streak. I thought they had dropped one in between when uh, Giannis took like a personal day kind of. But, damn, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. And, like, you know, Miami, they've always said the South Beach factor, how uh, there was a trend a couple of years ago when teams would be in Miami two nights before a game. The, the Heat were like... 85% against the spread. It was something like astronomical. Didn't, didn't you say a story about Brooklyn going into Miami? Oh, dude, saw, like, last year. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, the, the Wow, I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought it up. But yeah, the so last year we went to Miami for a bachelor party. And I tweeted at Jared Dudley because Jared Dudley used to always give fans tickets to Nets games. Just all the time. And we made up a lie because he's not a Nets fan, but we're like, hey, man, our buddy Danny, he's a big NBA fan. He's a big basketball guy. He loves the Nets. He, he We're going to be in Miami for a bachelor party, and y'all are playing the Heat that night. Like, can you hook us up with some tickets? And he's like, say less. Come, come through at live. We got a table. So this was maybe Thursday evening or, 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 or Friday I want to say the game was on a... Oh, the game was on a Saturday. Yes, the game was on a Saturday. And Friday evening, he's like, yo, we got a table at Live. Pull up, come through. I had a source, a friend of mine that works at Live. And she was like, yeah, they were there until like 7 in the morning. I was like, dude, let's bet everything we have on the heat. They were like minus three. And my friends are like, yo, why would we do that? You're not a... I'm not an NBA better night to night, G. Like, I like I like betting futures. I like betting in the playoffs, right? Like, last year in the playoffs, I made a killing just betting on teams down 0-2, coming home for game three. And I was like, yo, guys, I'm telling you, uh, this person told us. I don't want to give out any names because she has a nice position over there. But she's like, yo. They were there until late. They had mad bottles and whatnot. I was like, yo, they're not going to be able to have their legs underneath them. Long story short, guys, go look up that game. He beat them by like 40. Easy I'm cash. I'm sure that was, a, that was an afternoon game too. No, no, no. It was it was an evening game for sure. It was a 7.30 tip-off. I know for a I, I remember because I went to it. We actually went to it too. Uh, Danny oh. had won some tickets to uh, through a FanDuel live contest because he's a big NBA guy. And uh, yeah, man. So that 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 South Beach factor is definitely in the handicap. And look, they're eleven and one, and their only loss at home was to the Lakers a couple of nights ago. So yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Home field seems to be very very important, um, especially when you get into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, the biggest thing that stood out, and I know I've been a, a fan of his for a really long time, and. You know, people are either super pro James Harden or they're against it and they hate the way he plays basketball. Uh, he's averaging 39.3 points per game, which is absolutely ridiculous. 
Uh, only Wilt Chamberlain has averaged more than that over a season. And this is Wilt Chamberlain who played in an era where there was only four other guys that were over six foot eight in the NBA. So <laughs> his numbers were super inflated. But man, 39.3 points per game. He has the highest usage in the NBA. He is. What's up? It's actually very close between him and Giannis, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is close. Uh, yeah, a a b. That's fair. Um, but yeah, man, it is just like, you know, he's shooting at an insane margin. Uh, his field goal percentage is forty four percent, close to forty five percent from three. He's thirty six. He's right where his, you know, career averages are across the board. Except the points are just like skyrocketed and you know you need to factor in that the first couple of years of his career he was a six man and he wasn't really the main guy but man all his numbers are up uh if you look at like career career statistics with this season well he has uh 1021 points as leads the league obviously second place is Giannis, 807 that's like 214, yeah, 214 difference in points already, which yeah. is just ridiculous, a ridiculous um, gap. Yeah. You're averaging 39 points a game, and yeah, and Giannis is averaging 31, but 214 points difference. Yeah, and he also does it, you know, like he's 7.5 assists per game. He's he's top 10 in the league. Rebounds, he gets close to six, which, you know, some people, for a guard, man, that's great. Like, you get six yeah. rebounds as a guard, it's great. It's just that, you know, over time, and he's been uh, a, a catalyst of this as well, where, you know, Russell Westbrook uh, getting 12 rebounds a game. It's just like, yeah, but, like, on average, if you're a point guard and you're getting four rebounds a game, that's, like, really good, so... Yeah, again, he's just he's just on another level right now. But you know, a lot of people are gonna say, "Show me what you do in the playoffs." And yeah, exactly. The one thing though between him and Giannis is that Giannis has only played eight hundred and nine total minutes this year. Well, Harden's up in ninety, which is second in the league. You would never guess who number one is. Like never. Uh... Jokic? No. It's Devontae Graham from Charlotte. Wow. You know what? That's It's not as surprising now that you mention it. Like, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have guessed that. But now that you mention it, because, you know, they're, they, they could have also been a team that's a little bit of a surprise. They're, um, you know, they're 12 and 17. People, ha- I know I had them as like the under one of the worst teams in the league. And. Obviously, there's still a lot of time to go, but he's definitely been a bright slot, uh, bright spot for yeah, them this he's, year. He's played amazing. I have him on my fantasy team. He's yeah. balling for me. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get into biggest surprise, man. Uh, a good surprise, like something that has been very, very, um, j- just very positive, you know. Uh, for me, I'll lead this one off, and I'm going to go with the Lakers. And I know it's crazy to say they're 24-3, and three, and they have the best record in the league. Um, actually, they're tied for the best record in the league at the time we're recording with the Bucks. But I think for me, it's just how there are times when Davis and LeBron literally look unstoppable. And 
you know, it's the LeBron James factor, man, where I think a guy like Caruso was a social media experiment. And it was one of those like funny things like, oh, this dude could dunk. Yo, it's crazy because he's a white dude and he looks super like unathletic and he looks like he plays at the YMCA. Like, look, I, you know, looks let's, way older than he is. Right. Yeah. He looks like he's like 42 years old uh, on the veterans minimum cheap plug. But it's like, no, nah, that guy's a baller. And when LeBron is getting him wide open looks and like KCP is shooting really well for them, too. And obviously we know about Danny Green, but it's like, you know, you have so much space where if you're an average shooter or below average shooter like if you're a below average three-point shooter you're going to become an average three-point shooter if you're an average three-point shooter you're going to become an above average three-point shooter you know so it's like that's the kind of thing with lebron and the fact that all these guys so far knock on wood have been healthy um it seems like they are on a revenge tour sort of you know like i think I think the Lakers will look back at this Lakers team this year, like how we looked at the Toronto team last year where they acquired Anthony Davis and people forgot just how good AD was. And then yeah, the same thing with Kawhi. It's the like end of the, the end of the year last year was not good for AD. There was a bunch of turmoil, let's say, with the Pelicans. And they just weren't using them. Yeah, and he also just shut it down too. You know, he's like, "Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, like, exactly. I want to get traded, and I'm not doing this." So, and with Toronto, you guys got Kawhi, and my biggest thing when I was literally my biggest talking point in my handicap and going into last season was, "All right, is if Kawhi's going to be a top five player in the league, they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Like they just are, especially with how the East was set up. LeBron was out the league, and that's the thing with with, with AD now. Like AD is." in the discussion for both MVP and defensive player of the year. So the Lakers, how well they're playing. I thought they also wouldn't. This was why I think it's a big surprise for me, bro, where I thought it was, they were just going to be on cruise control where, you know, they get in on a, as a three, four seed and, you know, just make sure everyone's healthy and whatever. Well, we have a, do it like the Warriors did when they let the Rockets be the one seed. And then just cruise into the playoffs as they're like a, I think they're the two seed, but they're like fighting, and then dominate the entire playoff. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, but Anthony Davis is averaging two point six blocks and one point five steals a game. Yeah, man, defensive player of the year candidate. He's definitely in that discussion. He's been an absolute force for them across all. All levels uh, of the court, defensively, offensively, just uh, the, the 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 distraction he is, the the focal point that he is, just everything. It's just it's just ridiculous. Uh, what's what's been your biggest uh, surprise? Biggest surprise: the Miami Heat. Let's go! Oh, More loving for the three hundred five. Number two in the East, nineteen and seven. The addition of Jimmy Butler is big, but not just that. Like they have rookies. Kendrick Nunn, 16 points a game. Tyler Harrell's averaging 14. Bam Adebayo's averaging 15 and 10 and 5 assists as a center. They're just playing so Goran Dragic was shooting uh, 40% from three before he got hurt. Hero's shooting 37. They're shooting the ball well. They have... What is this? One, two, three, four guys shooting over 40% from three on the season. They're just playing a team game. Jimmy Butler, 
is balling. He's averaging 21, almost seven assists, six and a half rebounds, over two steals. Just playing as a team. Yeah, and also that they have a head coach who I think is a head coach who was overrated, then became underrated, then is now like, like he's always been respected, but I think it was after LeBron and those guys left where it was like, yo, you know what? This guy's actually a really good coach because when Spolstra first got there, it was, you know, uh, Pat Riley is pulling the strings behind the scene and whatnot, but... I think he was a guy who, when he first got there, he was just supposed to be there because Pat Riley's puppet. And then now he's he's like an actually he's he's an elite head coach in my opinion. Um, the Heat haven't been good the last couple of years. They haven't had a superstar, right? They haven't had a guy who yeah. you know down four. This is how I like to measure it, man. Down four on the road, four minutes left. Who's going to be the alpha? And now they have one in Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler has always been hot and cold with me as far as like how I feel about him. Like There's some times where he's like in my top eight. And there's sometimes it's like I would not want to start a franchise with him because of some of his antics. But this team is just, you know, Bam too. Bam is an absolute stud this year. He's balling out. And yeah, the Heat. The Heat are going to be a problem, man. And I think they have a trade that they can make. Like they have... They have some expiring contracts. They have a couple of things that they could do to maneuver around the cap and maybe bring in a guy. Obviously, Chris Paul is like the hot name that's always been circulated and whatnot. And I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, oh, Chris Paul to the heat, but just something to monitor. They always they always seem to have something up their sleeve. So I definitely feel you on that, man. Um, yeah, they have money to move. Right, right. Like uh, James Johnson and Goran Dragic, they can move these guys. Deion Waiters. Yeah, who's been uh, suspended by the team once again this year. Um, <laughs> Violating team rules. Only Deion Waiters. Yeah. Only Deion Waiters. Uh, all right, this last thing that we have here, what's what's your biggest what's your biggest shock, man? What's, uh, what's the bad surprise? What's something that has jumped out to you that you didn't expect? Uh, I wonder what the Trailblazers. They're ten and sixteen. They're the twelfth seed for a team that just came off the Western Conference, they were, which they were leading in every game by double digits, and they gave up gave up all of those leads. But people expected them to at least be in the playoffs by now, or not just by now, but in general. They're a team that should be in the playoffs. It's not like they lost. Lillard, McCollum. Obviously, Nurkic out doesn't help, but they did. Uh, he played, I don't know, 60 games, I want to say, last year, so they play a good majority without him. They just haven't been good this year. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I they signed... Why. They signed Melo also. Well, look, dude, they're, they're playing in the... They're playing in the West. Um... I think that's very important to remember. Um, they there's right now there's I thought that there were gonna be nine teams to get over fifty wins this year. That was like my hot take on the preview show, and you know, unfortunately, they might be they were the popular darling pick of who's gonna be left out of the playoffs and who's gonna go in because you always have like two or three teams that make the playoffs, and then obviously you got to subtract two or three teams. 
Um, yeah. I do think they have a trade in them. Obviously, Kevin Love has been rumored to them. Kevin, I mentioned that. Big name in the trade for they the Cavs want a first, and they're probably gonna have to give up something. But I think that would be the, probably the best landing spot for Kevin Love. Oh man, dude, it's been you know I I said it last year when they got Cantor. It was it was something going back to the, the draft process. The the Trailblazers just had like a man crush on Cantor. And it's like Kevin Love has always been linked to Portland, whether it's like NBA Twitter or NBA Trade Machine. It was just always like an ideal pairing. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because, you know, they got the NBA darling. Uh, they got Melo back in the league. And, you know, he's been doing his Melo stuff. Like, that's what you get with Melo. You're going to get explosions from a, a points perspective, but you're also going to get guys just dropping 30 on him also. But that's... That's yeah, the gift and the curse of Melo as someone who watched them for years. Um, for me, man, the biggest shock is the struggles for the Atlanta Hawks. They were a team that I thought could be a 7 or 8 seed. Um, but I also didn't expect the East to be that good. Like, yo, the East is pretty good, right? You got the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, the Celtics are balling, the Raptors, Pacers. All these teams have 17 or more wins. You know, they have more teams with 17 or more wins than the West does. And they have only one team in the playoffs right now with a losing record, while the West has two. Yeah. And the Kings. The Kings the Kings and the Thunder. Yeah, so I think I think for me, man, the Hawks, obviously Trey Young has been balling out. They lost they lost Collins on a suspension, which has really, really been hurtful for them. But Herter was a guy who everyone was super excited about, and he is. It just it is what it is with him. Um, but yeah, I just I think I think this team is one that's gonna need to be um, reevaluated, man. Like they have a lot of pieces that I like, like Collins. Obviously, I like uh, Trey Young. I like Herter too. Jabari's over there. Uh, Evan Turner, I think, is the most frustrating player I've seen in the NBA in a really long time. And, like, Chandler Parsons. Uh, Cam Reddish is okay. You know, doesn't get excited for that. DeAndre Hunter also is. It just it is what it is when you're looking at this roster, in my opinion, you know, to, to quote the, the, the GOAT, Max Holloway. But, man, I'm just. I, they're fun to wa- watch because Trey Young could have those, like, 40-point bursts like he did those first, like, 10 10 games where he was just going off and whatnot. But yeah, I didn't expect them to be this bad. They're on a four game losing streak. They're bad on the road. They're bad at home. So yeah, for me, it's the Hawks, man. They don't have any bigs really. Yeah. Like, like Alex, Alex Len, Len is your starting center. Right. Like, yeah. How, how, how are you surviving with Alex Len as your starting center? John Collins is undersized already. Jabari's pretty small. DeAndre Hunter's not a power forward or center. And Bruno Fernando is probably their biggest player besides Al Kalan. And he's like, he's what, 6'9"? I don't have any bigs on their roster. To, what's their highest rebounding number? Was John Collins at 9? He only played 5 games. And it's Joe Parker at 6.3. That's not good enough. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm I'm excited though. I've been watching more and more NBA as uh you know football starting to come to an end. We're about two more, 
two more weeks of the regular season, and then we got playoffs, and it's like, well, we got NBA coverage, man. We got to start getting back into this NBA stuff. Uh, but, gee, I appreciate it, man. One, I, wait, one, one more thing about the Hawks. Yeah, good, good. You know how bad, they, you know how bad they've been? They have the same record as the Knicks. Oh! That's a dick move. Sorry, I had to. Just one. That's a dick move. It's all right. It's uh, it's not. You know, it's not upsetting when I know my teams are bad. It's upsetting when my teams are good. If my teams are good, and you talk shit, it hurts. When they're bad, it's like, you know, my friends were, you know, some of my buddies, Tim, Boss, my buddy Eric, uh, all the Jet fans were sending me like Jet, Jet stuff and Jet memes when they beat the Giants. I was like, congrats. You beat the Giants. Enjoy yourselves. Like, it's going to ruin your draft pick. What do you want me to tell you? We're a two-win team. You know, like... You're telling me we're bad? I know we're bad. I've been watching this team for how many weeks now? I know this team is bad. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, let's not talk about the Giants. Uh, Gee, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the support over the years. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, For those of you listening, if you want to... Uh, one day, come on the show. We're running contests constantly on the Patreon. Definitely check it out. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. And yeah, gee, you're the man. The floor is yours, bro. Is there anything like you do outside? Anything you want to promote, plug? The floor is yours, uh, my guy. Twitter, Instagram. If you want to follow me at underscore G Martini on Twitter, follow me. That's it, really. Once again, man, I appreciate it, my guy. Uh, Thanks def- for having me. Nah, no problem. Well, well earned, well deserved. That's for sure. As far as I go, guys, it's at the Lamb Show, all social media outlets, and you can also find everything VM, Spotify, iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's gonna be on Google Play soon. Uh, cast, Cast Box, Cast One. I don't even know. Uh, it's gonna be available everywhere. There's a YouTube channel. There's a bunch of shit. And also, guys, Blue Wire Network. Check them out, bluewirepods.com. We'll catch you guys on the Thursday pod, baby. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.